just want to keep it very simple today because it's, it's a long week. When I was in high school, I played high school football. And the first two weeks, we had two-a-days, which we didn't call Holy Week. We called it Hell Week. It was sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. It was long days, tons of water, hard workouts, grueling days. Uh, but then we had, we had an opportunity to celebrate. So I kind of wonder for you and I, as we're gathered here tonight, like, what, is, what does Lent cost you? What does your relationship with Jesus cost you? If it hasn't cost you everything yet, you're not, you're not really getting it. And I want to go back to, the, to Genesis because in the beginning of Genesis, there's so much there for us, especially looking in today's second reading. Just give me a very simple. Adam and Eve believed in a lie that, that God wanted to take something away from them or he was withholding some goodness from them. St. Thomas Aquinas calls this the non-competitive nature of God. Like God's not in competition with you. Like if you give him more, he's going to give himself more. That means if you give him more of your time, your money, of yourself, he's going to bless you more. Not in the ways that you think you're going to be blessed, but he's, he's mysterious. But it's so important that we get that right, that God's not in competition with you. I think a lot of us live that way. I've lived that way most of my life. I still do sometimes. I'm not perfect at it. But I think it's so important that we know, again, that God is not in competition with you. So when God became man in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, this is the God of the universe. We, have to imagine, we can never comprehend how big God is. And he was in her womb, and he didn't crush Mary. Proof he's not in competition with humanity. And God, in Jesus, is fully human, fully divine. And there's like no friction between his human nature and his divine nature. Another proof that God is not in competition with you. So just ask yourself, like when you enter into this Lenten season, or even as you enter into Holy Week, or maybe it'll be like a hell week because you finally take time to realize how much you've been rejecting him and rejecting the cross. Just to ask yourself, do I believe that God's in competition with me? Do I, leave like, do I live like God actually wants what's best for me? St. Irenaeus says that the glory of God is man fully alive. Like when you are fully alive, you more and, you more, and more, you glorify God. And it's so important that we let that sink from our head to our heart because in the second reading today from Philippians, St. Paul talks about this canonic hymn, this self-emptying of Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God. Something to grasp at. Like, he, like Jesus could have like just totally ruined our lives. But again, his, his human nature and his divine nature were not in competition with each other. Which means the more that you and I are divinized, the more you are Christified, the more fully alive you'll be. But the more you settle for what's base and you play in the mud, you, you keep holding on to control, it's not going to work. There's going to be more depression, more isolation, more loneliness. And if, if that's you, I just want to ask you again, like, like, how's that going for you? If you're resisting God. Like God, God is fully sufficient in himself. He actually doesn't even need us. Yet he chose to become one of us to redeem our humanity, which is so fallen. One of my favorite scenes in The Passion of Christ, which we'll show tonight after Mass at the Newman Center, and you're all invited to come, is when Jesus embraces his cross. He receives the cross. But so often, you and I, we reject the cross. And the cross you reject is heavier than the cross you accept. I just want to say that again. The cross you reject is heavier than the cross you reject. It means whatever cross you're carrying, 
Stop fighting him. He's not in competition with you. If you simply just surrender and know that this is the God of the universe who has a blueprint for your life. He has a plan for your life. And, and Jeremiah says that he has plans for your welfare, not for your woe. Like the, the Lord wants you to fare well. But so often we're like the people in the, in the gospel today where they're just spitting on the face of Jesus. We're just striking you in the face with our sin. And that's how it's got to feel. It's got to grip your heart every time you reject the cross. And so often, I just find myself just in this battle between the two thieves. There's one who chooses to repent, and there's one who's so prideful. Jesus is humble. He just simply allows this one person who's not even baptized to be the first to enter his kingdom. And crucifixion is brutal. It was meant to intimidate you. But now, through the resurrection, it's a symbol of intimacy. People used to walk into Roman areas and they would see crucified people saying, if you disobey us, if you rebel against us, that will happen to you. So you better follow our rules or else. But then as Christians began to see more and more martyrs, more and more people shed their blood for this God who's not in competition with them, they actually began to take crucifixes and, and go into battle with them. And that's what you and I are called to do. We're called to take the cross that the Lord has given us and go to war with sin and death, to go to war with all these evils, these war, this war to resist him. Instead of, instead of like fighting Jesus, we let him now fight for us and he comes along with us. And it's so important also to know that we're not called to do this alone. When the first sin was committed, what did the father say? Where are you? It wasn't, where are you? I can't believe you did this. No, 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 no. It's a voice of compassion. And so often we, we, we just totally forget about the Lord. We get blinded by our sins because of our own pride. Really want to encourage you all to have a really good confession this week. Like, go deep. Get it out. Bring whatever is dark into the light. Because if you fear bringing whatever is dark into the light, you think God's in competition with you. He's not. To the point of him becoming one of us and emptying himself fully on the cross to show you how much he loves you. And this is the only love that will, will truly satisfy our hearts. So the, the good thing is that you and I have free will. It's kind of scary too. Sometimes I wish I was a robot, right? Like, Lord, just tell me what to do. Um, and then, like, I just want to do it. But you and I have free will. You can either reject him or accept him. You can either reject your cross or accept your cross. And maybe the invitation now is just to simply ask the Lord, like, why do I fight you? Why do I spit on you and hit you in the face and make fun of you with my sin? This is not a game to the Lord. He simply comes before you as one who sacrificed it all. As I was in high school, you know, two weeks of hell was nothing compared to what he did for us. Nothing. Hot days, dehydrated, abandoned by his friends, and the whole time he's thinking about you. Every time he got struck in the face, he was thinking about you. Every time a, a thorn was, was pushed deeper and more deeply into his, in his skull, he was thinking about you. When he, was on, when he was carrying his cross and he fell and he got up, he was getting up for you. His love is that real. It's not a game. 
And again, he doesn't do it to say like, to make you feel bad. He's saying, this is, this is again, how much the father loves you. The point of me doing all of this. And if you were the only person on earth, he would have done it all just for you. It's that personal. It's that intimate. It's that important that we let that sink from our head to our heart. It's that important that we stop rejecting the cross and we start embracing our cross. It's that important that we bring whatever is in the darkness into the light to know that he came to set captives free. And if you're captive, held captive by sin, held captive by your past, bring it to confession. Bring it all to confession. For his blood that poured forth from the cross is poured upon you in the words of absolution. And just to feel that lift, to stop fighting him and to start loving him. I pray you all have a blessed Holy Week. In parts of it might feel like hell, but know that hell, Satan, death, and sin don't have the last say. The Lord does. The second reading ended by saying, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend because Jesus Christ is Lord. When he is Lord, when he's in charge of my finances, my sex life, my studies, everything, there's freedom there. And if you don't believe that, again, there's something in you, something in your past, something in your family, something in your community that believes that God's in competition with me. Like how could a God be in competition with you if he allows you to receive his body and blood in the Holy Eucharist? That makes no sense. So where are you? Do you believe that Jesus is in competition with you? We pray for transformation. So come Holy Spirit and fall upon us. Teach us how to pray. Help us keep things simple this week. So that we may know in our heart of hearts that the Lord is not in competition with us. That everything he did in his passion was done just for us by name. So that we too can proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.